Lord, have you forgotten me? Hi, I'm Charlene. I'm so thrilled you joined us to listen to our most recent podcast. Back just a few weeks ago, I opened up my Bible to Psalm 13. I want to read the six verses in this psalm to you today. You may be having a very down day, but I want to encourage you with some powerful truths from God's word and not the lies of the enemy, the devil, that you are battling in your mind. We want you to know you are walking in victory with the Lord right there beside you. When I started reading this Psalm 13, I had a note on the right side of the Bible, and it said September 14th, 2011, at 11 p.m. at night when I was reading it, and I wrote four standards. So I know at that night I was praying for you, and the Lord, when I was reading this Psalm, he spoke to me, and it said it's for you. And so when I started, I knew right then and there that this was what I needed to do for a podcast. So I'm reading this out of the New King James Version Bible today. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemy say, I have prevailed against him, lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Verse 5 and 6 are key for you. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. The psalmist David that wrote this psalm was depressed and discouraged as he was in desperate trouble. Yet David felt that God was absent and unwilling to give him practical help. Let me share some important lessons that are in my full life study Bible in the concordance, which I love to read. The prayers of the godly may not be answered immediately. It may appear that God is paying no attention to the pleas for help. Number two, you may feel forsaken at times of sickness, a financial need, or severe problems. It may involve your family or work or even church, but God is still right there with you. Number three, when this happens in your life, I can tell you, and it will happen, and it'll happen more than once in your lifetime. Personally, Bob and I could tell you a lot of stories, and you've read a lot of stories, but never give up because of these circumstances. Immediately, you should pray for the Holy Spirit to give you the assurance that you will yet rejoice in God's salvations, as verses 5 and 6 emphasized. We need to keep praising the Lord in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of any storms that we go through. The Lord wants us to praise him in the morning, in the noontime, at nighttime. He wants to have a personal relationship with you and not crying out, Oh, me, and the negativity and the doubt and the fear. But he wants you 
to praise him. And praise defeats the enemy. Never forget that. Let me take you to Psalm 18, verses 1 to 3. You need to memorize these special scriptures. Psalm 18, verses 1 and 3 says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Verse 3 says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. Oh, memorize three, because it keeps telling us throughout the Bible that if we will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and thank him that he is with us and all that he does and all that we have today, we turn on our lights, we have a home over our head, we have a job, and if you don't, we are praying for one. But we need to know and remember that he is saving us from the enemies. We're praying that armor of God on. We're saying, rout the enemy from our family. Rout the enemy from my husband or wife. Remove the enemy quickly and suddenly. Satan has no authority over you. He is just deceiving you and trying to blind and take authority where he isn't because we're believing his lies. We need to stand on the word of God and stand on the truth, the promises of God. And let me continue. We need to seek God's help and have faith in Jesus Christ. And that is a secret. We need to walk in faith and not in fear. Next, God's delay does not mean that he has forsaken us. Instead, he is planning to accomplish some unseen purpose in our lives that we cannot even begin to imagine what he will do. And it can happen so suddenly, so quickly, as you just heard in our recent podcast of Bob coming home. I did not hear from God giving me a great big plan to get prepared, have your house ready, and get ready you're going to be getting married on such a date. God is a God of surprises. He is with us. He's guiding and directing our feet every day. Let me share a cross-reference I've done to help us prove this for you. In 2 Corinthians 12, 7-10, I'm reading, and this is written by Paul, who was a Saul that God touched and transformed him, who was a murderer and was killing the Christians. That was his plan. That was his goal, to crucify the church and get rid of it. In 2 Corinthians, he had already been touched by the Lord, had a Damascus Road experience, and now he was a servant of God. So Saul wrote this, and I want you to listen to this carefully. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I rather boast in my infirmities 
that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And that is a scripture that the Lord has given Bob and I, and definitely me after Bob has died, that when I would have spiritual attacks of illnesses, I would open up my Bible, literally it would open up to this scripture. When I was maybe moaning and groaning and saying, how long, Lord, am I going to be sick? And guess what? When you get this scripture, you realize that we don't all have to be healthy, but we all have to be praising the Lord that God's in control and that he is right there with us. And he is our healer, and he is going to be guiding us through anything. In James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4, and let me give you a little history about James. James is the half-brother of Jesus and the leader of Jerusalem church. James wrote this letter to encourage the Jewish believers who were suffering a variety of trials that were testing their faith. That's three key words you need to understand, that many times we're being tested to see if we're serious and if we are faithful and that we're going to walk the walk that the Lord walked. James urges the believers that he was writing to to endure their trials joyfully and benefit from them to resist temptation from the enemy. James is a small book. It's very powerful, and it's very outspoken about the powerful subjects of our tongue and being diligent in prayer. And another fact that I believe you should know that is most likely the first book written in the New Testament. I was amazed and, and forgotten that truth, and I thought, oh my goodness, James was the half-brother and was the first one to write a New Testament you may remember that James and his family did not accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior when he was going around and preaching. Instead, they believed that he was just their brother. But after his death and resurrection, when Christ appeared to him, that brought his conversion. Now let me read the beginning of James. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that testing your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. My concordance says that the word trials refer to persecutions and troubles from the world or from Satan. You and I must meet these trials with joy. And that's my question today. Where are you? Are you walking in faith and having the joy of the Lord each day? Or are you battling depression and despair and hopelessness? I am trying to get you to seek the Lord and turn to the scriptures like James would be a great book of the Bible to read. Because it is saying we need to have the joy of the Lord. We need to radiate Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior 
in the midst of our trials and tribulations to others all around us, especially at work or especially with our family members who are not believers. And why? Because it says, for testing will develop persevering your faith. It'll improve your character and give you mature hope. In Romans 5, verses 3 and 5, it says this, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces, and listen what it produces, perseverance and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint us because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And I just want to shout hallelujah. I just love the many different scriptures that when we read the Bible topically or the Psalms and the Proverbs, read a chapter each day, God speaks to us and guides us and encourages us as we read the word. He will give you a scripture, a rhema word, just with one verse. And we want you to not worry about anything, about how long. We want each one of your days to be filled with the joy of the Lord and he be your strength, he meet your needs, and that you enjoy your children, your family, your relationships, your hobbies, your what's keeping you busy. Oh, this is the perfect time to get into your church and say, what can I do? How can I help you? We need to say, Lord, use me. While I'm waiting for my family to be restored and my marriage to be resurrected, use me because you will be blessed so much instead of going home, turning on the TV or anything else and not being productive and serving the King of Kings. Our faith can only reach full maturity when faced with difficulties and opposition. And that is our goal for you and I to be mature in the Lord. James calls these trials a testing of your faith. Remember Job when he was tested in his faith in chapters 1 and 2 when his whole family was destroyed. He matured in the Lord. He went through a lot of trials and tribulations. But in chapter 42, there is victory and God answered his prayer and met his needs the Lord wants us to have a right relationship with him that bears fruit in a sincere endeavor to love him with all our heart, undivided devotion, obedience, and blamelessness. That may sound difficult right this very moment, but just start and start saying, Lord, I want to submit to you every day. I surrender my life every day to you. Guide and direct me today and let me be a witness and a light for you. When he tells you to do something, he wants you to obey him. And then he wants us to be blameless, that he doesn't want us to be tempted by temptations that we know we shouldn't be doing, and say no to the enemy, and flee. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 to 8a, it says, In this you greatly rejoice, though for now, for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, 
though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Will you believe and trust the Lord? We must trust God's unfailing love and remember how many times he has delivered and blessed you in so many other previous circumstances. And praise the Lord that you know you're going to get through anything right now. I know you may know this scripture, but Romans 8.28, you can memorize it and you can say this many times a week and encourage you. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Well, I did my homework through this cross-referencing. It brought me to Psalm 27. And as I opened the Bible to Psalm 27, it had in bold print the title, An Exuberant Declaration of Faith, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise up against me, in this I will be confident. Do you hear what David is saying? One thing I've desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me, he shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy upon me and answer me. Yes, cry that out, dear people. When you said, seek my face, My heart said to you, your face I will seek. Do not hide your face from me, Lord. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You've been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me. O God of my salvation, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Now this is the end of the psalm, but listen to the words because he's talking to you. He's talking to us. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen up against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Verse 14, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. That is what our assignment is. Take one day at a time and wait patiently, praising the Lord and saying, Lord, use me today. Abraham waited. 
Noah had to build an ark, and it took so many years, but he never stopped being consistent, faithful, regardless of all the harassing he may have received and his family received, because it looked crazy building an ark when there had never been any rain. But he protected Noah and his family. Can we ever forget Joseph, who was rejected by his brothers because he talked about what God was speaking to him in his dreams? Do you remember all the things that Joseph had went through? We think of Moses, and he was chosen to write the Ten Commandments. He was chosen to go up to be with God when God wrote the Ten Commandments. God has a plan. He has a purpose for you. And we cannot even begin to imagine what our future is going to be. But God does. He does not want you to become like Jonah and give you an assignment to do. And then you reject it and say, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go to Nineveh. I am not going to preach the gospel to them and get on a boat and have all that happened to him on the boat that he ended up having a confrontation with God. But he did go back and obeyed God. We need to remember we're all given an assignment. And God has given you a call, I believe, with all my heart to find us and to read about marriage restoration and to get hope and encouragement from all the testimonies to believe that this isn't just make-believe. This is the power of God, and he will speak to you more and more. My hope of this Bible study today is to have you focus on the words of God and that he has the answers for you every day. The Lord has not forgotten you. He's not forgotten you, your spouse, or your children. And I just want you to understand that he loves you so much. And I pray that you will go over all these different scriptures in Psalm 13 and Psalm 27 and in James. Read the book of James. And may you be encouraged that God is on your side. You need to pray that the enemy be routed each and every day out of you and your spouse's heart and life. And there is victory in Jesus. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for this teaching. You have not forgotten this dear person. And I just pray that you will just encourage them, increase their faith, their hope, and have confidence in all that you're speaking to them. May they not look at the circumstances. May they keep their eyes on you and on the promises of God. And may you, as they pray out for their special prayer request, Lord, I pray you would speak. Turn to the right or turn to the left and guide them and direct them. Meet their financial, physical, emotional, spiritual needs. And may they be encouraged at the end of the day when they lay their head down on the pillow and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for getting me through the day and being a lighthouse for you and guiding and directing me and giving me your peace. And Lord, I pray you help them to be single-minded and not double-minded. And we will just give you all the praise and the glory for what you're going to do for this loving family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.